Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gill, alongside the, the newly found and re-energized Dwayne Drum. What's going on, Dwayne? Your voice sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could even talk. Dude, that was, um, the UPW was a very powerful, amazing event. Um, it always is. I think you discovered it several years ago. You invited me just not even knowing who I was. We just met, you sent me, you rock my world. I come back and we're killing it. And then I look up and we're taking photos with like 26 other people that we invited and now their lives are changed. I'm sitting next, like the really most powerful thing about this whole thing was yeah, Cruz was there. He was with his wife. Craig was there, like all these people was there, but yet I'm hanging out with Mark Rodas and we're like hanging out together. His wife is hanging out with my wife and uh, I'll let our new guests know, Brett, who's here, this guy that I was hanging out with, we battled and fought for like six years to all out hate each other. And last year we shook hands and created this friendship and then we invited him. So now his life is now better. Like it's just a beautiful thing. It was crazy. That was incredible. It was so nice to, to, you know, to meet his wife and to meet him again, you know, after the last event and just to see 9,000 human beings just open up and in love and, and be, and see the potential that's deeply inside each and every one of us. So that event, you know, I always lose my voice in the first of the four days. That's, that's just what I do. Cause I play full out when I go in there. And, you know, this time I had the privilege of being on the crew and being able to help, you know, facilitate the transformations and the breakthroughs. And it was just such an incredible, incredibly powerful event for, for so many. And so, so blessed for sure. But, uh, you know, we could talk about UPW for a month, Dwayne. So let's, let's not, uh, let's not go there right now. But, uh, today we have on the podcast a very, uh, super special guest. You know, I've, I've uh, chatted with him before. I love his mission. I love what he does. You know, he's the host of the Elite Entrepreneurs podcast. He's a founder and CEO of Elite Entrepreneurs. And that's a company that specializes in giving one million plus, uh, dollar businesses, uh, owners the knowledge and processes to grow and the tools to grow to 10 million and beyond. He's an expert in organizational development, leadership, strategy, and spent 10 years helping Infusionsoft. And that's a process or a program that we actually are more like a platform that, uh, that we use here at Yes Express um, to help them grow from $7 million in revenue to over $100 million. Wow. So he's also involved in foundational work of purpose and values and mission at Infusionsoft and facilitates a strategic planning process for, for many, many years. So without any further ado, we're going to welcome Brett. Gilliland to the show and uh, have a conversation. What's going on, Brett? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's fun to be with both of you. And I don't blame you for talking about UPW, it's such a transformational event. And it's it's obviously done something in, in both of you that you can't help but talk about. So really cool. And hopefully what we get to create together here over the next little while, we'll, we'll have 
some kind of an impact, even even on a small level for those who get to hear about it later. No, I appreciate that. And, you know, we love bringing people on the show that are doing really awesome things and helping people out and mission driven and all that, because that's what we are, right? If you're just focusing on transactions and that kind of stuff that nobody wants to be sold to, they want to learn, they want to be opened up to new ideas. They want to be, um, you know, shaken deeply, not just told to do certain things and then they don't work. And they're like, well, it wasn't my idea. That was someone else's idea. Right. So we really want to make sure that we're adding value each and every time we appreciate every but it's listening. We know your time is valuable. So Brett, tell us your story. How'd you get started in this, this world of, you know, entrepreneurship and getting into Infusionsoft and how is that, you know, tell us your story. What's, what's going on in the background? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess the short of it is I spent some time in some large businesses, uh, as a, this organizational behavior term just means I'm a geek when it comes to what makes up an organization and, how those parts all come together to create a result. And so an organization is nothing but a living organism with people and processes and way information flows and systems and all this stuff gets smashed together. And then we, we get a result out of it. And one of the things I love to talk about is a quote by a guy named Arthur Jones. He said, all organizations are perfectly designed to get the results they get which is a really intelligent sounding way of saying we get what we get because we put in what we put in. Uh, but it's true. And, and that's true for your business. It's true for every one of the listeners. They have perfectly set up the system that they have today, the business they have today to produce what they're getting. And, and what I found in, in really large businesses is that, you know, the larger they get, the, the more complicated it is. And if you want to change an outcome, it's like trying to trying to turn a huge ship and it takes a long time and there's lots of politics and all this stuff. And I realized that that wasn't for me anymore. And I decided to go out on my own and start serving small businesses where we could build great from the start instead of trying to change big dysfunctional businesses. How do we build them great from the beginning? And so I just started helping businesses. I came across one called Infusionsoft. I heard the founder speak, one of the founders, Clayton Mask, started talking about his vision, uh, which would be no surprise to you. Any great leader has a clear vision. He started talking about their purpose and their values and their mission. And I was like, I like what he's saying. That's, it rings true to me. And, and so we hit it off and I started helping them do the intentional work to build their business. And so we did, we did values work there. We did um, all this strategic planning process stuff. And we just built an amazing company that won awards certainly grew. Um, anyway, it was just such a fun time. And then our small business customers started to notice how well we were doing the business growing thing. And they asked us to teach. They said, will you teach us how to do this? We, we love your software. We like being part of your community, but can you teach us how you're doing the business growth thing? And we said, no, nah, we're not going to do that. We're a software company. And then uh, one year we were, we were projecting a revenue shortfall. And Clay went to the, like, we talked about it ahead of time. He said, I don't know if I should tell everybody, just be straight with them that I, I don't see a path to us hitting the goals this year. And I said, I don't know how we can't tell them because we have this very transparent, authentic culture and we, we just tell them what it, what's going on. So he did, he told them, and uh, it was disappointing for him to tell them that we weren't going to hit the goal. We ended the meeting and a few of the team members get, got together and I'll, I'll never forget this. They got together and they basically said, they basically said over our dead body, like we are going to hit the goal. We're going to find a way. 
And out of that time of, of need, and it wasn't like we were in financial crisis. We just weren't going to hit the goal and the bonuses that people were anticipating weren't going to happen. And, and these team members came together and said, yes, they are going to happen. Let's figure it out. So out of that was born some new service offerings. And one of those things was us teaching seven-figure businesses how to do that building work. And so that was December 2011. So it's almost 10 years ago now. Next month, it'll be 10 years. Um, we hit the goal. We, we did the biggest, you know, the most emotional celebration inside of a business I ever saw in my life. Uh, you guys just got back from UPW and you know, that's an emotional charge. Uh, this was something akin to that, at least for the, the company meeting portion that day. It was incredible. There was there were tears flowing, high fives. There was a there was a suitcase full of cash as, as bonuses were handed out. And we celebrated doing something that the CEO had said 30 days prior, prior hey, we're just not going to get there. I can't see it. And so un- unlocking the power of the team was amazing. And anyway, we've been teaching it ever since. We teach how to do the journey from $1 million entrepreneur to $10 million CEO. And there's a difference between an entrepreneur who knows how to get something off the ground and a CEO who knows how to set a powerful vision, align a team and do the business building work to make it happen. So that's what we do. And it's super fun. And thank you for allowing me to share that. Yeah, that that is a huge thing. You're right. Because I sort of am going through that in my mind right now. Like I'm going from... And it's, it's, it's about becoming, you have to become going from the entrepreneur, the hustler, the grinder to now delegating the roles, looking at the numbers, paying attention to more of the operation and becoming the business owner itself. And actually Josh is doing a great job of pushing that. Uh, Brad, I do have a question for you is like, as you grow and you said something that's um, you said it earlier into the conversation, I took a mental note is as the company gets larger and it needs to make moves, how does that operation stay nimble? Yeah, that's a great question. And thankfully, in the in the one to 10 million space, you don't have too many of those problems. But we grew from 10 to 30 million and then 30 million to 100 million. And, and it starts to get to be a harder thing. And, and I'll tell you, the only way to make that happen is, is to fan the flame of purpose, values, mission like that. That has to be the core of everything. And then hire, lead and fire to it. And I know none of this is new to either of you guys. I know you run your life and your business this way, but the business owners that we help, the ones that make it happen and where they stay nimble is where they have such a powerful culture that the, that, that, that becomes the business has an identity of its own, right? At a, at a million dollars, the business owner and the business are like Siamese twins. They're, they're connected. And so we have to do this delicate operation or like maybe not so delicate, rip them apart and say, no, the business deserves to have its own identity. Let's breathe life into that. And so having a clear purpose, having a clear vision is is the thing that breathes life into that entity. And staying nimble is all about keeping that spirit of the business alive and well as you grow, which can become tricky, and then developing leaders as fast as you can, because that's, that's one of the biggest things that tripped us up and the biggest things in larger companies, as you grow, you got you don't have enough leaders in-house. And so you got to go outside and start grabbing leaders from other places. And they bring their thoughts and their ideas and their ways. And it just sometimes it goes contrary to the way that you created here inside the business. And you start to get off the tracks. So I think you can become, you can stay nimble. There's a lot of coordinating that has to happen. And that complexity increases as the business grows. 
but it absolutely can happen if you put the processes in place and you keep the core intact. Great. I love that. Take a note. Yeah. <laughs> I got a page full of notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. So you mentioned, Brett, you know, often here, uh, f- multiple times here so far about purpose, vision, and mission. So imagine, you know, I know a lot of our listeners are either startups or still stuck under that million dollar glass ceiling. You know, like what kind of advice could you give them? We know how powerful it is to know these things. How does somebody start looking for the purpose, the mission, the vision? Like, how does that work? And you mentioned that once you get to a certain point like that million, that you've got to start to disconnect your identity from the business. So it could be its own end, you know, so how does that work? Like, can you, can you walk us through that? Yeah. And I'd actually like to stay, take one step back. I think will be useful for listeners and is important context for what we're about to talk about. And it's something that we call the stages of small business growth, but there's this, there's really interesting pattern. It's like this unspoken law of business that on the ones and threes of revenue, there's a new stage. So if you go from 30,000 to 100,000, 100,000 to 300,000, 300,000 to a million, one to three, three to 10, right? On those ones and threes, you're roughly tripling every time, right? From one to three and then three to 10, tripling. And so the thing that got you to that place is insufficient, still necessary, but insufficient to get you to the next stage. And And I don't want to say it's a start from scratch, rebuild the whole thing every time you hit that. But there's a significant change, an evolution that has to happen, uh, a growth that has to happen in terms of the people, processes, systems to be able to take that next leg of the journey. And so I, I promise I'll come back to your question about how they do that. But right now, a lot of the businesses under a million, they're trying to do the things that are appropriate for their stage trying to figure out how to manage their time in the beginning, right? How do I, where do I focus? There's all these things that need to get done. Where do I focus? And they're trying to figure out how to get enough leads to just survive. And then they're learning how to sell so they can scale to this one to three, one to 300,000 range. They're learning about selling from 300,000 to a million. They're learning about predictable lead generation and consistent fulfillment of their product or service. So the machine's starting to build at scale So it's not just hand-to-hand combat with one customer at a time. Now they've got systematic ways to get customers in and and consistent ways to deliver a quality product or service. And so that's when they hit the million-dollar mark and there's new stuff that has to happen. And that's all around the people and the leadership and culture and the processes. And it doesn't mean none of that's important prior to a million, but prior to a million, it's all about where am I going to get customers? How am I going to get this thing off the ground? Got to figure out product market fit. So they're doing all that entrepreneurial stuff and then they have a real thing. And then, and that's when they get stuck. And, and defining the purpose is so critical beyond that because that's the beginning of separation from the business owner and the business. How do we have unique identity there where the business owner deserves to have life on its, excuse me, the business itself deserves to have life on its own without the business owner. And that doesn't mean we're trying to kick the business owner out. It just means It can't be reliant on him or her anymore. We just have to allow them to work more on the business and get out of it. And and we got to do a bunch of that process work and system systemizing things. But that's, that's where it starts. And so the business owners who feel like, Hey, I, you know, that purpose stuff sounds interesting. It sounds even desirable, but it doesn't feel very practical because I'm trying to figure out how to get this thing off the ground. 
Well, you're right. The priority for you is figure out how to get your product or your service to match what the market needs and learn how to get customers and serve them well. But anybody who can afford to take the time to begin to articulate their purpose early on will benefit from it. It's just not key to them figuring out how to get this off the ground typically. Okay, this is a two-part question. Uh, first part, and you can answer them however you want. I'll, I'll start one from another. For, the first question is, is I know you're not basing this on money. I, I mean, but you got to use money to sort of keep the score. And it, it's the barometer, just almost like our age. But how are you looking at a business? Are, are you judging it by the growth of the finances? Is that determined when they make these decisions or is it the growth of the staff or the product or the market itself? Like, how are you looking at that? Yeah, thank you. That's a great question, Dwayne. I, I would say we, we use the revenue mark as a proxy for what stage we know they're at. Um, another great proxy is the team size. In fact, some business models, you can get really high with revenue with a relatively small staff. Take, you know, information products on the web, for example. Two or three people might be able to generate three million in revenue. Well, that's not normal, right? That's a that's a different kind of model. Most most businesses that require building a team are going to have six, eight, ten people when you get to that million dollar mark. So it's more around the complexity of of the team as you're growing than it is around a revenue number. But they happen to coincide with this one and three ones and threes of revenue thing. So I don't know if I answered both of those questions. So you might have to bring me back to oh, no, actually, the, the next question actually was sort of a little off the cuff a little bit, but it's how did you learn this? You know, I mean, one thing we learned at the UPW is proximity is power and we have to always, always be gaining knowledge. And the next thing you know, you become a master at this. Like where did, like, where does Brett come from the beginning of this to understand that, Hey, I know you start off as a $500,000 company. I know you've made it to a million and I know you had to get from a million to 10 million. Like where does Brett, where did he learn how to do that? Yeah. Great questions. Um, and you won't be surprised at the sources of truth, so to speak, that we, cause we were trying to figure this out too. So like you and many of your listens, listeners, we, we read like crazy. We went and did tours of places, right? So uh, I'm, I'm a, well, I, uh, so I did a whole graduate degree in organizational behavior at a, at a reputable business school, right? So I did get formal education, but this entrepreneurial thing, it, it wasn't, a, it wasn't in school, right? The, the principles about organizational effectiveness and leadership and strategy alignment, like I may have learned some things that way in school, but the lessons about how to help these businesses grow from one to 10 million all came from us learning and growing ourselves. And so Jim Collins is one that we read a lot, like a lot. And in fact, my first job title at Infusionsoft was the built to last champ, right? <laughs> built to last champion. Like we intend Excellent to book. be an enduring great company. And, and our CEO called me the director of built to last, whatever. I call myself the, the built to last champ. And that's uh, that's my, my LinkedIn handle to this day, built to last champ. Two, the number of two built the number of two last champ. Mm. Um, that's my Twitter handle. I don't know if <laughs> on LinkedIn, you probably can find me by, by my name, but anyway, um, that's, that's what we did. Red Jim Collins, Patrick Lencioni, five dysfunctions of a team. That was, that was very influential on us. A guy named Tyler Norton taught us the strategic planning process that they used. His, his father was the head of strategy at Crafts Food, this huge business. And while a lot of it doesn't apply to smaller businesses, 
the strategic thinking and a process around planning and how to organize yourself, super valuable. Uh, so we learned from him. We learned uh, Vern Harnish, you know, Rockefeller habits, Michael Gerber, E-Myth. I mean, we, we, re- we interacted with a lot of these people in person too. Like we spent 75 grand to go spend two days with Jim Collins in his Boulder, Colorado, you know, lab to, to get his brains on our work. But that was after we spent years and years trying to do everything that he taught already. Right. So we just kept investing in our own growth along the way. And, and we came up with, with our way to organize all these different parts that are out there. And it's not like we plugged in a five dysfunctions of a team model into our method. We didn't do that. We're we're not lifting people's content, but they influenced how we grew. And then as we came up with our own way to do the setting the vision and our own way to balance the short-term and the long-term sides of our business and our own meeting rhythm and how we led our planning process, that just became a thing that we could start to share with others that we call the elite business growth method. But anyway, we, we just learned like crazy. We went and visited Zappos. We went and toured. We had lunch with Tony Shea. You know, hey, we, we can see that you scaled culture and we have a great culture. We want to scale that without losing it. What do you guys do? You know, so we yeah. just learned and learned and learned and learned some more. I love it. I love it. And, and Zappos, you know, their culture is, is iconic at this point. You know what I mean? And how they, and how Tony did all that, which is quite incredible. Um, I know that back to the ones and threes and the growth and the identity, I can, re- I can really relate to that. Cause I know up to the first million, it was, you know, it's all about me just trying to do it on my own, yada, yada, yada down through. And you know, it's all my identity because the business is pretty much a, a, a mirror of you, right? Be your, your vision, your mission, your purpose, your morals, your values, all of that stuff. It's just a direct reflection, right? And then you put a team together and then you try to find people that have similar values and pull them together. But then you hit that million dollar line and it's, it's like, holy crap, we've got to become a new person to, to run a business bigger than this. And then when you get to 3 million, the same thing, it's like, oh goodness, now I know that I can't be the identity anymore. I have to, it has to take on a, a kind of a, a identity of its own. And there are certain parts then that become more of a team dynamic as opposed to it being just Josh's, you know, morals and values and all that kind of stuff. It's like, now we got to sit down and talk as a bigger collaborative. Like what are our values? So our values now become the business's values. And then you hire people that have those values. So it just becomes different. But I have to say, you know, once you get up into those realms and beyond, it's, it's personally speaking, it's one of the most amazing experiences I've had is to be able to have a team that is so mission driven and so vision driven that, you know, you sit back at times and you're like, wow, it's, it's not even the the pressure of having to run the business all yourself that it used to be, but it's the empowerment that comes in seeing other individuals and they get it and they get excited and they be, and it's like, this is our business. We're all working together in, in a mission going forward. And it just takes on a life of its own that you can't quantify. You can't even get your hands around. You just sit back. I do. I just sit back every day. Thank God for the Uh-oh. opportunity Dwayne, to be part of this, for this team. I think he cut out for a second, but the, the thing about the software is it, them growing oh, and expanding every day. It's incredible. It is. It's absolutely incredible. It's so rewarding. I don't know if that's a word you would use, but yes. as you see yourself in a different light, because you are different. I, I love I, you, one of you said that at the beginning. This is about becoming. This is this isn't just about what we're doing. It's about who we're becoming. And and I think your listeners will appreciate this as well. There's there's a progression in how we add value. 
And entrepreneurs are infamous for learning whatever it takes. Like, I got to figure it out, right? Learn, 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 learn. They're infamous for doing. Learn, do, learn, do, learn, do. And it's around a million where they can't just learn, do anymore. They can pedal as hard as they want. They're going to wear themselves out. And if you're thinking about a bicycle gear, until they shift, all that energy is just going to lead to burnout. But once they shift, oh, now I'm leading. Oh, now, now more can get done. Now the same amount of energy from me yields more outcome. And then eventually I'm leading leaders. So we go from learn to do to lead to lead leaders. But those are shifts all along the way. And a lot of people don't know how to make those shifts or they don't recognize them because they're in it. And they're like, if I just grind harder, you know, if I just get more road rash on my face from really working it, then uh, I'm going to get there. Like, well, no, you got to do something different. You need to shift. Perfect segue to this next question. It sounds like that that is the mental aspect of the entrepreneur who becomes now the business operator owner. How do you guys handle that? And and let me throw something at you real fast. It's because like, even right now, I'm actually having this awakening is that I come from a very humble beginning. I think we all have. And you know, I mean, you worked and you have to show that you worked. And I mean, everybody in your family has the house and they have the car and the basic bills, the basic bank accounts. So now I'm getting to this level where there's multiple accounts. There's ability to travel. We're in hiring people. We're doing stuff all over the country. And it's like, is this me? You know, like when that plane takes off and it's taking off for a job, I got to pinch myself. Like, is this me? So like, how are you working with that mindset of that entrepreneur? That's a great question. Yeah, and, and I think you directed it to both of us. So Josh, do you have comments on this before I share whatever I'm going to share? Yeah, I always have comments, but when it comes to, you know, that you mentioned earlier about, you know, as you get to certain levels, you then have other things to be thinking about the identity. You have, you know, different things on the ones and threes. I love that, that uh, idea though, by the way. Um, but I find that it's not, it's not just the skill set. as to Dwayne's point, it's the mindset side of things. You have to become that leader that can continually shapeshift, right? If you're, if you're always in it as a person working in your business, as the, um, you know, the, the person doing all the work and, and you, you, is that, is that, if that is what you want your whole life and that's fine, there's no judgment with that. But most of the time people get into business. So eventually they don't have to be doing that grunt work anymore, that they can be doing other work that has more impact. So as you grow to those levels, those ones and threes, as you say, you have to become a different person and not getting rid of the old person. It's you have to grow. And if you don't grow, your team doesn't grow. Your business doesn't grow. So, so much of that is a personal piece and it, the growth isn't just have new systems, put them in place. I mean, that will work, but it's not going to, it's the mindset of the, the leader, right? That leader has to shift. And there's a certain very predictable progression. I think to your, your comment earlier of how all of this works, no matter what business or what level you're at, you you have to go through these steps. You go from realizing, well, I have a business to holy crap, I need people to, oh my God, I, my identity is not going to work as the business's identity to, we got to hire a team, a staff. They all have to be rowing in the same directions. Now we need businesses and processes. And as you grow and walk up those steps, you have to elevate your mindset. You have to elevate your ability to shift from, I mean, an excellent example is, you know, 25 years in this business with outdoor living. And for the first 20 plus, I identified not pronoun wise, but I identified as a designer. So if somebody asks me, what do you do? I'm a designer. I'm a designer. I do outdoor living space. Classic I'm a designer. technician, right? Like, you know, this yeah. th- you're good at your craft. 
So I'm the designer, everybody, it's on my card, it's everything, right? Now all of a sudden, my team does all the design, they do all the management, they, 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 they run the entire business. So what am I now? Like, I'm not, I can't, I can't say I'm a designer anymore. Cause I don't, I haven't designed in years, you know? And I'm like, uh, uh, entrepreneur. Okay. That's kind of boring. Like that's pretty vague. Like, so what is it? Like, who am I? So I have to go back and do the deep work, you know, hence UPW and all this stuff and read books. And like, how do you transfer from being that person doing everything, the technician to becoming the owner, like identifying it in your own mind, like who you are and where you fit in this ecology or this whole, you know, environment. Um, it's, it's a whole nother level. And some people get, they get scared of what they might find if they go deep down and inside of their mind and inside of their soul and feel the emotions that are there and figure out who they are without the business. Who are you without that? And then having to grow to that leader you must be in order to run a business and lead people. And eventually to your point, lead leaders. You have to grow constantly in that progression, not just be the best technician if you want the long-term fruits of, a, of an entrepreneur life. Yeah. Dwayne, you asked really great questions and I have so many thoughts. I'll, I'll try to choose the ones that I think are most valuable right now. But there's there's something like you use the term, I think you said, like, sometimes I just want to pinch myself, like, am I really at this place? And and sometimes there's a little bit of imposter syndrome that comes with that. Mm-hmm. For some of the business owners are like, I really don't, I don't know who I need to be right now. Like, I know what it used to be. And now I don't know what it's like. And And so sometimes they'll settle back into a comfort place where like, uh, that's too uncomfortable, too unknown. I feel like an imposter there. And they, and they, they basically artificially constrain the growth of their business because they're not willing to keep going. They're like, I'm done with that. I like I'm, I'm beyond where my, where I'm comfortable. Um, Clayt, who I've already mentioned part of, part of our growth journey. And, and this was a great example to me from him. Every time we brought in new people. So I, I designed the hiring process and the ordering pro- uh, the, uh, the onboarding process for our, for our culture. And I would bring Clayt in uh, time with the CEO, with our new hires. And he would say this, I think you guys will like this. He'll say, I'm not the CEO this company will need from me 12 months from now. Today, I'm not that. But by the time we get there, you can count on the fact that I will be. Right. And it was just his constant public accountability to personal growth. He said, I have to keep pushing myself or we're going to, we're done growing. Like I, there's no more growth once we're all done growing. And, and for nobody is that more true than the leader of the business. I have, um, because I get to do these podcast interviews on, on my own podcast, I had a guy get on there one time from the X company. His name is Noah Gottlieb. Fantastic leader in this regard. And he said it this way, a little different than Clay, but a similar concept. He said, if I'm doing something six months or longer, I've held on to it too long. The only way we're going to keep growing is if I get rid of things that, that I've been doing. Like I have to stay ahead of that. I got to, I got to keep pushing it to others. And so we, we get to these new places of being, right? We've, we've grown, we've become, and we can choose to stop there. We can pitch ourselves and say, how did I get here? Because I was doing $10 an hour work as a learner. Now I'm doing $100 an hour work as a doer, maybe. Then I get to $1,000 an hour work as a leader. Now I'm, I'm like at this $10,000 an hour kind of work as a leader of leaders. And I'm not being literal with that, right? But I'm just showing the progression that happens as we add value at new places. And we start to go, how did this ever happen? Little old me. I was, I was a learner doer down here. Now I'm doing this. Is this real? Am I even 
worthy of this, right? And you start to, you can, you can doubt, but the only way to like work through that is to do the hard work on yourself that Joshua talked about, uh, whether that's going to a Tony Robbins event or working with a coach or, you know, reading, visiting other, other companies, having a mentor, like, how do I keep pushing myself to new levels or be fine with kind of settling in where I'm at? Because I mean, that's the other option. Um, and a lot of business owners do that. They're like, I can't, I don't, or I don't want to keep doing that. And so I'll either settle back to what's comfortable for me or I'll exit and do, you know, start up something else. You, I'm going to speak of the feeling of what you just said, because that is exactly the, I mean, you just framed the exact phase of where I am. Like one of the things that I had to deal with at this UPW this time, I actually went there and I told my wife, I didn't think I was going to do the whole Dickens process this time where you feel the pain and everything else. I said, cause everything's good. Like, I mean, I went from damn near losing everything to hundreds of thousands in the bank account, bank accounts, all separated staff, everybody's where they're supposed to be credit cards. You know I mean, I fill out an application. I get the card. You know I mean, it just, I went from broke to that. So life is good for me. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, well, shit, everything's great. What do I need to go? And then at this UPW, I realizes, buddy, you got a lot more to go and you got a lot more you could do. And so it was like, now it's time to get out of that, that, that phase that you just said, and, and I'm still going through the imposter syndrome of, wow, is this me? This is my life because I wrote down these goals and they were bling bling goals. Okay. I want this new house, this new car with everything. I didn't know that I had, I was going to become this in order to live that. So this is like, holy shit. Like this is, this is a dope life. I really love it. Like I'm, I'm living and I'm enjoying it. Like what books should I be reading? You know what I mean? Like, like, I, I sounds like that I'll be hiring you guys here pretty soon, but what do I need to do? <laughs> yeah. And, and it's a little different for everyone. I mean, like I said, we, we went out and sought people that could give us perspective. And unfortunately there's fewer and fewer of them, right? As you continue to grow in your journey, there are fewer people who you can turn to and say, how did you do that? <laughs> what did you go through? And so we just, we looked for those people who could help. Sometimes it's a, uh, it's a CEO group or, you know, a mastermind or whatever those get called um, with people who are peers of yours or, or ideally, you know, like one step ahead of you. If you can get in a little early on some of those groups, uh, sometimes it's it's a coach. Uh, Clay hired a $150,000 a year coach. I mean, that's that's not chump change. Right. But somebody who he would meet with every week for two hours a week. So if you do the math, it's 1500 bucks an hour to talk to somebody to change you, right. To change your thinking, to change your limitations. And, you know, obviously Tony Robbins is, is that type of person. If he were to do individual work with people, I don't know what his price tag would be, but it, it's, it's those type of people who are helping you do work on you. And it's not required. Nobody has to do that stuff. Just the ones that want to keep growing in their in their development, and it it just requires a lot. So, uh, but it, it's it's a journey and it's fun. Like I I hear that in you as well, Dwayne, and I appreciate you bringing the feeling of it together. Like maybe I I brought some of the different facets to it or provided some context, but you you nailed the heart of it because you've lived that right. You know what it's like to get there, and and the feeling of it it matters. Like you, you need to be okay with yourself. You need to be happy with the spot you're in because none of this matters. If you're not enjoying the journey, if you don't, you know, if, you, if you're not looking for personal growth, 
and to be spending all the time and the pain to do it just so your business can keep growing. That's not it either, right? So that's where getting clarity, we're going to come all the way back around to purpose. That's where the right purpose is. It's the eternal flame, right? It's the the thing that just keeps on giving because now, now you have a cause, you have a reason. There, this deserves to have life and, and you want to be part of it. Even if you're now separate from it, that it can live on its own, it still pulls you with it. it and, and maybe you pull it with you, right? Like there's this symbiotic relationship. But if at any point you decide to pass it on to somebody else, it can keep going. And you just got to be clear about what, what's best for you and how you're going to go be the person you want to be. So, Brett, I have a question for you. <clears throat> I know a lot of guys listening, gals listening that are entrepreneurs, business owners out there, you know, they men or women doesn't really matter. Um, we all struggle with the fear of failure, right? It's something that holds a lot of us back. Something I had to manage early in my days and now I'm finally past that. So, um, it's, it's just getting rid of that beast in my head has made it so much easier to scale and grow and to enjoy the process and the journey so much. But there's also, I believe there's equally, um, you know, uh, horrible thought out there that most don't even want to look at, but it's the fear of success, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, failure is one thing you can kind of see that coming, whatever, but thinking about how much you might want to achieve in your life and go and how big you want your business to be. And then realizing you aren't the person today that could manage a business like that or grow a business like that. And then the fear of, of not the failure that you might not be able to do it, but what the fuck if I actually succeed? What does that look like? You know, it's not the money side of things. What does my life look like? What does my day look like? Like how much time do I have my family? Do I have to work a thousand hours a week just to make that happen, to be successful? Do you, do you find that happens often with any of your clients where they have more of a fear of success than a fear of failure? It's a really insightful question. And, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm minimizing this a little bit, but the, that one to 10 million journey that we specialize in mm-hmm. isn't, isn't isn't big enough to elicit that kind of, you know, potential freak out moment in somebody's head. Not that 10 million is insignificant, but it's, it's not, it's not Steve jobs, right? It's not Bill Gates. It's it's not Oprah Winfrey. It's, it's not that level of success. And so I don't know, I, I don't deal with that a lot with my, with my community because you know, we are making a huge different and uh, difference and they're on their way to greatness if they want to continue down that path. But the piece that we shepherd them for or with is, is not the holy cow moment kind of success typically that has them thinking that way. So I have heard people talk about that. I think it's insightful and, and I'm probably not the best person to add anything meaningful to it. Got it. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's not like they're going uh, public, right? <laughs> 10 million. <laughs> yeah, so. right. Most of them aren't <laughs> even thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. So we're just trying to help them go from, you know, a business that's worth having life to having more impact. Our, our whole purpose, I mean, we talked about purpose, 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 and I haven't even shared ours with you. So our purpose is to help elite entrepreneurs build meaningful businesses. And and when we say meaningful, that that's, that's double meaning, that they're purpose-driven, that they have meaning that way, and that they're meaningful in terms of their scale or their impact that they can have. Um, so 10 million is a lot bigger than 1 million. They can go serve more customers, drive more r- revenue, you know, get more freedom for themselves and their families. Like all the, the things that come with having a more meaningful business, that's what we do. And 
uh, or that's why we do to be more accurate. And it's, it just drives everything. And, and so I love specializing in this one to 10 space. And there's people far more successful than that beyond 10 million. And I just say, you know, go for it, <laughs> have fun, but I want to help them get a potentially struggling business into a place of very healthy growth. Yeah. Uh, Brett, real, real fast. Okay. Now when you're talking to a company, you're working with a company, once you get past the mindset issue, what sort of is the next level that you see that's just in general, that's sort of holding a company up in between um, your, your mark, what is, what is normally holding them back? Yeah. So the, the first thing, and this won't be any surprise, I think Joshua and I probably talked about it on my podcast is just that entrepreneur's reticence to let go of things. Like there's some fear there about if I don't do it, it's going to fall apart or it's not going to be done right. Or nobody else knows. Right. And, and so a very practical thing is to learn how to start organizing work being really clear about what, what that work looks like, how we're going to measure it so that I can gift ownership of that work to somebody else, a capable person, not just kind of, kind of capable, but somebody who might even end up doing that better than I did and being okay with that idea that I'm not any, any less of a person or, you know, worse of a, a business owner or entrepreneur, if I actually hire somebody who can do this better than me. And so being able to organize work and actually Hand it off to capable people is is an important first step on the on the heels of that, especially right around that three million mark. I would say the ability to build a really solid leadership team because there's a little bit of this. I got to learn how to be a leader between one and three million, but then I can't I can't continue to lead everything beyond that. I I need more capable leaders in here, and so I got to grow leaders. I got to hire leaders, and that's just a different identity there, but it holds people back. It's pretty dope you said that because that's exactly what I was in. I visualized like when I asked that question, I was visualized. I said, if somebody comes in, that means I got to show them this and show them that. How I'm going to show them that I do this, and they're going to be laughing at me if they saw me doing that. You know what I mean? Like that was actually going through my head when I was asking you the question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, it makes sense, right? It's not like <laughs> we don't have some secret over here. We just we have very practical ways of doing this work that has to happen if you want to keep growing. And if, you know, if you don't want it, then no problem. <laughs> you don't have to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. What I love the most, Brett, is that this stuff is predictable. No matter, like I mentioned earlier, no matter what business you're in, there are certain things, patterns that happen every single time. And, you know, everyone wants to think that their business is unique and different and not mine. This isn't going to be that way. I'm going to be able to do it with one employee and they are doing it with five or they think they're special in some way. And I thought the same thing until I started talking to people like yourself and reading the books and realize there's a pattern to this, the one to three million, you know, up to the million, like they're in. And every business and every sector runs into the same thing. So since it's predictable and you can uh, expect it to be coming, why not prepare for it? Or in, in, in better words, why not get involved with someone who can help guide you, shepherd you through this journey, you know, like yourself and say, look, I want to go from one to 10. Why would I spend the rest of my life trying to figure it out and fuck up constantly and spend all the time and, and all the, the resources that I, I, I'm never going to get back, especially the time part when I could hire somebody like you to walk me step by 
I step through this? Show me my blind spots. Get me there and say a year instead of five or seven years and be able to enjoy more of life. So, I mean, it, it makes no sense not to trust others to help you in your business journey, regardless if it's scaling like this, if it's processes and systems, if it's whatever it might be to, that's how we've grown so fast. I'm sure Brett, you can, you know, you can, you can agree with that as well as you do that. You've mentioned it many times is by, you know, finding mentors, finding people you can get in proximity with, you know, going out to dinner with somebody, um, learning the process, asking big questions because the most successful people I've found in life are the most open to sharing their secrets with you. Cause it's not about them. If they can get you there faster, why the fuck not? Like, it's not about just owning it yourself and not sharing it. They love to share. So if you're scared about going up to somebody in your market and asking them a question or somebody that you see that you really respect, ask them out for lunch, take them out to dinner and say, dude, I'd love to pick your brain about how you did it. And nine chances out of 10, they're going to say, absolutely. I'd love to help somebody come through and they're going to be honored for the opportunity. So yeah. if you're on that edge, just do it, go out and do this. And that'll be your first step in growing your business and creating a life that you and your family are going to enjoy even more. Yeah. Well said, Joshua. It's great. So much good stuff. So Brett, anything else you have, you want to drop on our listeners here before we wrap up? You know, I, I'm sort of guilty of dumping way too much within a, you know, a, a short period of time. So sorry if I did that. I mean, lots of concepts, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, you, I, I can tell when I'm talking to people who get it, you guys get it. And, and I'm not trying to talk down to anybody else. They, they get what they're living. Uh, they, they see what they're living in. And, and unfortunately we know what we know. Um, I, I'll share a funny a funny way of thinking about it that maybe our, our, our friends can, can capture here and, and relate to. So, um, my wife and I, uh, a little jaw dropping moment here. My wife and I have eight children. Okay. So eight, eight kids. Okay. Wake up listeners, eight kids. I don't know if either of you have kids, but we always had this moment of when we had, when we had one kid, we were like, how does anybody do this? This is incredibly hard. Like the new parent thing, right? And yeah. then we had two kids and it was like, oh, one was so easy. How did we do two? <laughs> you know, like two is incredibly hard. And it doesn't matter how many kids you have. It, it doesn't. Whatever you have is like all we can do. This is like all, all I can do. And it wasn't until we stretched ourselves or grew to the next thing that we went, oh, there's more we can do. Like that last thing, it seemed hard at the time but there's more here that we can do. And it, it's like that in our businesses. We're like right where we're at is like all we can handle. And then we push ourselves to grow and we do something more. And it was like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. This is all I can handle. And it just keeps happening that way as we grow through our businesses. Uh, I just find that there's so many principles like that in life. You can learn truth all around you. If we just take it and apply it into our business setting, um, this goes a lot easier. So anyway, it's been a lot of fun, guys. I have this shirt. You can't see it. And, and, and the, the text is backward in the screen here, but it says the best leaders build the best businesses. And on the back, it says, and the best businesses win. That's, that's the way we see it. Uh, that may seem like a, a mentality type of thing or a mindset thing, but we're, we're out there to help entrepreneurs become better leaders because we know better leaders are better family people. They're better community members. They're definitely better business people and, and they build stuff. They create stuff. They, they, they have impact and that that's just meaningful to us. So 
Thanks so much for letting us be together today. It was fun. Thank you. I appreciate it, Brett. Thank you for all the information. And I don't think at all you spoke too much. I, I learned a lot today. I know Dwayne did too. He's over shaking his head. He's like, damn, like it's good stuff. He's got notes, <laughs> Dwayne taking notes. So th- this is something, <laughs> this is good stuff. So I appreciate you, brother. appreciate what you're doing to the world. And, uh, you know, how can people find you? They want to reach out. They're interested. This is awesome stuff. How do they find you? Yeah, well, obviously we'd love to help as many seven figure business owners as possible. Uh, I, I wish I could take as many aspiring seven-figure business owners, but they just need to figure out other stuff at that spot. Yeah. But as they're approaching a million, if they're fast approaching it or they break through that mark, we'd love to see them. Uh, growwithelite.com is our website, just like it sounds. G-R-O-W with W-I-T-H, elite, E-L-I-T-E.com. Best way to find us. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. By my name, you can find me on Twitter by Built to Last Champ. That's an old, old Twitter handle that I kept forever. But um, anyway, we we just love helping. Thanks for the the time and the opportunity. Thank you. Well, thank you again, Brett, for being on. And it's been an incredible, you know, time here. And as you guys know, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know, our goal is to impact and empower 2 million contractors in our, in our industry and industries around us or whatever in general, like we just want to impact people's lives so they can live better lives, spend more time with their family and be purpose driven. So there's passion in there. So every day they show up, they can show up and, and just kill it each and every day. That's really the goal. So they come home proud of what they've achieved for the day and not just, uh, you know, end up in a job that they don't like or don't really enjoy going through. So hopefully today you learn a lot of good stuff. I know I certainly did. And, uh, you know, I think the, the baseline is that, you know, there is a pattern when it comes to growing your business. And when you can realize there is, and you can find people that are going to come out and help you grow in that same pattern that everyone has to go through and, and help you get there faster. It makes sense to invest in that time and invest in you, because if not, you can try to figure it out on your own, but you know, Hey, I, I don't know about you, but I know every day, every minute that I have, I, I'm blessed for, and I want to make sure I'm getting the most out of each one of those minutes. And if someone can help you get there faster, man, it's just so much quicker. So, and so much less pain. So, uh, you guys, thanks for listening and, uh, we'll catch up with you in the next round. 